What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and I'm reporting live from Bali. You might actually be able to hear the frogs outside my villa right now. Let me put the microphone up to the window. Just a little live safari going on right outside my villa. Like I said, I am staying about 15 minutes south of Ubud, which is the very popular tourist city in Bali. And we're staying at a villa that is owned by a guy who runs, it's basically like, I think four or five private villas. They are so freaking beautiful. Like I can't wait to show you guys on Instagram stories. It's nighttime here right now, but I am going to take videos and stories tomorrow so you guys can see because I didn't know what to expect when I got to Bali. And you know, you always see pictures of things and you never know it's gonna be run down or is it just gonna be different than what you thought. And I seriously almost cried when I walked outside and saw how gorgeous it was. And again, this is at nighttime when I haven't even seen it with broad daylight. So I am so excited to share. And like I said, I'm here for yoga teacher training. If you listen to my podcast, if you follow me on social media, I've been talking about it. And it's just something I've really, really wanted to do for a long time. If you think back to things you did when you were younger or even in your adult life that you're like, yeah, this is a fun hobby, um, you might just want to keep it a hobby. But for me, when I moved to Sydney and I quit my job, I thought, well, do I have to work at a restaurant? Like, couldn't I do something that I actually like to do that's maybe not a nine to five corporate job, but something that I enjoy doing with my time and I instantly thought of yoga. So I will be here for the next month doing yoga teacher training with Tremurti Yoga School and I will update you guys because it's going to be pretty intense. I cannot eat meat. I had just had to pause because I'm still shocked as well. I eat meat all the time. I love steak. Like my one of my dating app bios literally says my last meal on earth would be a medium rare steak because I'm obsessed with steak. I love meat. I love chicken. I love fish. So this is going to be a really, really big adjustment because we eat at the school Monday through Saturday. We only have Sundays off. So I don't know if I'm going to die or if I'm going to lose 20 pounds and, you know, have a Kardashian body, no surgery. Hopefully it's the latter, but it's going to be quite the adjustment. I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it's going to be really good for my body. I have been eating like shit in Sydney. If you listen to my last few podcasts where I'm updating you guys on my Australia adjustments, it's actually so similar to America with the food. Like the other night we got drunk food and it was Domino's pizza and garlic bread. I keep getting ham and cheese croissants because they're so freaking good at every cafe they have them. I've been eating like pasta, pizza, sourdough bread. I mean, I think I've seriously only had cheese, carbs, salt, noodles, and gluten the last three weeks. So I actually think this yoga training will be really good for me to detox and just feel better. I do feel a little run down and lethargic and it's definitely from just sleeping in, then going out, then eating like shit. Not good for my body. You can kind of hear I'm getting a little sick too. So I think this is actually the perfect time for me to be in Bali, disconnect. If you listen to my podcast with Megan Granger, I discuss how I really cut back on drinking this year. And that pretty much went out the window since I've been in Sydney. I have been going pretty ham and it's time to take a break from that. So I'm looking forward to this training and I'm excited to update you guys. With Australia updates specifically, words of the week. They use full stop. I found out not as an exclamation. It's actually a period. So this guy was reading a text out loud and he literally was saying like, let's just use, hey, Chelsea, what's up as an example. He'd be like, hey, Chelsea, full stop. What's up? Question mark. Um, how's it going today? Are you, what are, I'm doing something fun. What are you up to? Like they literally, I keep asking questions, so it's not a good example, but they use periods. Like they use the word period as a full stop. So in America, when we're like, yeah, that's it. End of conversation, period. They would say full stop, which is really funny. So I have been getting used to that. They also call koozies stubby holders. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of other words. There's not major ones off the bat I can think of because I've, I just can't even remember because every single day I remember a new one. But those are some of the big ones that I remember being like, okay, I have to update people this week. In terms of just like lifestyle and culture, they are actually so strict about getting too drunk when you go out because if anyone were to leave the bar and get in an accident and shut the bar down, they do not take that lightly. So you know in America, especially when you're in college, you just black out and people are like throwing up everywhere, like grinding on each other, just zombies out. 
they do not fuck around with that in Australia. Like, if you look kind of drunk or you're just wobbling or, like, your eyes are a little squinty, they won't even let you in the bar. They won't let you buy drinks. If you're just kind of, like, wandering around the bar and look drunk, they'll kick you out. So this has happened twice now where we have gone out and someone in our group has been kicked out. And it's for nothing major. Like, they're not starting a bar fight. They're not yelling. They're not screaming. They're not doing drugs. They're not slamming beers. Like, it literally is just that they're, like, standing a little wobbly or, like, walking in the bathroom and look a little drunk. And the security guards do not mess around with that. They immediately kick them out. So that's something that... It's interesting because I feel like Aussies have this lifestyle of, excuse me, stereotype of being like a party lifestyle type of group of people. Like they're just raging and Aussies, I always remember them being like the craziest people on vacations. And it's like they are, but it's within places that are not really bars. If you are going out to bars, it's like the conversations are a little more wild, but like themselves if you get too drunk again the bartenders are like nope sorry you're done or your friend's gonna get kicked out so it's weird because i'm used to coming from fsu in america where people get literally blackout drunk and the only thing that you would get kicked out for is if you like started a fight or like threw up on the dance floor so that's really interesting that people are getting kicked out all the time and we pregame a lot because it is expensive to go out and I've been drinking tons of wine because vodka, they also measure it out. Again, they're really strict here with drinking. It's, it's kind of weird. I just wasn't expecting that. So that's all the Aussie updates I can think of for this week. As far as Bali goes, so this school, they provided transportation upon arrival and I got here a day early because I just didn't want to mess around with being late or trying to figure anything out when the orientation was. So they sent a driver to the airport, which was so cute. My name was on a little sign. It was this local Balinese man, so nice, named Retta. Shout out, Retta. I know you're listening. Uh, He's so awesome. He literally drove me out of the airport, and I was so thirsty. We stopped at a, uh, you know, like a convenience store and got these two huge water bottles. By the way, it's so cheap here. I'll get to that in a second. Um, And then... I realized how slow traffic was going and I was like, I am starving, but I really don't want to eat the street food just because I heard that's how you could potentially get Bali belly, which is when you get really, really sick from either like drinking tap water or just eating food that's undercooked. You guys can Google it. It's a big, big thing called Bali belly. Um, So I just didn't want to get sick. And so I said, can we just go somewhere like quick that, you know, has good food or just, you know, to go food or anything. So we went to this fried chicken place And so I got chicken nuggets, french fries, and sweet tea. It sounds like I just ordered a meal straight out of Florida, but nope, I'm in Bali right now. And it was delicious, and it actually was $1.50. Like, what? I knew it was cheap, but I just, I don't know. I just haven't been anywhere that's been so freaking cheap. So I feel like I'm going to be living like a princess here just because... I have the funds to do all these fun things like an excursion for the entire day is 40 US dollars and you go to like five places. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Like I said, I have Sundays off, but then he also heard that I needed to exchange my money. And so he stopped at a money exchange, which is actually really good here. They don't rip you off. And my flight was delayed. So he was waiting at the airport for probably an extra hour and a half. Let's think about this for a second. If I was a taxi driver or a private driver and someone's flight was an hour and a half delayed, I probably would have just gone somewhere and been like, hey, just text me when you get to the airport. He was waiting there the entire time. And then because it's nighttime, and by the way, there's like thousands of tourists coming in right now. It's high season. Everyone is coming to Bali right now. It is so hard to get out of the airport. I would be so annoyed that I'd be like, yep, we're going straight to the villa. Have a great night. He stopped at three separate freaking places. He made sure to park the car and follow me in everywhere so that I knew what they were saying and I wasn't getting ripped off and that I didn't have like pickpockets around me. Like he was like my little guardian angel. He was so freaking nice. We went to the convenience store and I literally just went to get a water bottle and he ran and grabbed me a basket to put it in because it was really big. And then I was checking out and he like wanted to make sure that, you know, they weren't ripping me off and that I had the right amount of money. I was just so impressed by their hospitality. They're such a nice group of people, the Balinese. I mean, as soon as I got to the villa, the guy gave me a full-blown tour, made sure that I had a breakfast preference for yoga school. Like, they're just so welcoming and nice. And again, I've only been here for not even a full day. I kind of got here at night. 
And this is just the impression I've got from stopping at three different places and meeting the guy that owns the villa. So I'm excited to see how the rest of the city is when I go touring around and do these excursions. But so far, so good. It's cheap. It's really freaking hot, which is such a difference from Australia. It's actually freezing in Australia right now. Again, their seasons are opposite. If you've listened to my other podcasts, you heard me talk about that. But I actually had a heater in my room in Australia because it was that cold. So here it's the exact opposite. It's hot. There's like kind of a fan in the villa. It's just, you know, blowing a little low. But, you know, that's obviously island lifestyle. And so this is going to be quite the adjustment because I've been wearing turtlenecks and combat boots in Australia. And now I'm going to be like living in a sports bra and leggings. So this will be an adjustment, but I'm looking forward to it. Today is the perfect guest. Her name is Michelle Rizavi. She is a trainer at Equinox and she has a blog called travellikeatrainer.com and it is so resourceful. I was wondering, you know, if I had a site like that, what would I put on it? And it would probably just be like snacks to eat at the airport, what to look out for in each country, exercises you could do in your hotel room. And like, that's it. That's really all I could think of. And I looked at her website and I was like, damn, she has so much great content around traveling, truly like a trainer. But it's not, you know, the the dumb things that you always hear like, oh, you know, just eat fish and protein at, or fish, protein and veggies at every single meal. That's something that she doesn't believe in that philosophy of like limiting yourself on vacation. And you guys will hear from her in the podcast that she has really great tips and insights around how to maybe not restrict yourself on vacation, but not feel like shit every single time. I know when I got back from my Euro trip this past summer, I had the time of my life eating and drinking, but there was a point at the end where I remember being like, why did I eat like a king every single day? Like I love eating out. We ate, obviously we ate out every single meal, but I treated every meal as if it was my last meal on earth. So when I got back to America, I just remember being like, Oh, I don't want to work out. I want to sleep in. I want to lay down and watch fucking reality TV for 10 hours. Just like, oh, just so blah. And so Michelle gives us really great tips on how to overcome that, which is perfect because after this yoga training, hopefully I learned tips that I could just be doing yoga, you know, by myself in my room. But in Sydney, like I said, in the last three weeks, I've been eating like shit kinds of, I think I was just kind of treating it like vacation, but I think Michelle's tips will help me understand, okay, you can have fun, you can live your life, you can eat whatever you want, but it doesn't have to be so bad every single time where you feel guilty or shameful or like, oh, I can't get back on the wagon. She's just an awesome resource. So check out her website, Travel Like a Trainer, and her Instagram. I'll obviously link both of these in show notes. But with that, let's dive in and hear what Michelle has to say around traveling, fitness, health, and just keeping yourself in check when you go abroad or even just on another trip. All right. Okay, guys, we have Michelle on today, and she is a traveling trainer, which is kind of an ideal job for fitness. Uh, Anyone that's in fitness and wants to travel, I didn't realize that you could bop around so much. And Michelle has an insane backstory that she'll tell us about how she's able to travel and stay in shape. And I thought, what a better way to kick off summer or end summer, whatever you're doing, than having someone on because, you know, everyone's in Europe right now. I've seen all you guys drinking Aperol spritzes in Italy. We need to know how to stay in shape and how to eat healthy. So, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into fitness in the first place? Yeah. So, um, I guess I was always very active. I did sports growing up. I was a competitive swimmer. In high school, I did sports. Um, But it wasn't until college when I fell in love with group classes that I became such a gym bunny and I transitioned from like playing competitive sports to taking fitness classes. And I just love the community aspect of it and just being able to kind of see the same people. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco and, you know, that passion for going to fitness classes ultimately translated to me thinking I could do this. Uh, so then I, um, got my certifications and I never had any issues with public speaking. I did improv comedy in high school. I was a campus tour guide in college. So I really felt comfortable talking in front of people and moving and really sharing my passion and enthusiasm for fitness with others. So it was just a very natural progression in my fitness lifestyle. Um, and so then I, once I got the certifications, I uh, immediately auditioned wherever I could and got a job um, teaching 
at this gym downtown. And then meanwhile, having my membership at Equinox, which is like my dream gym to teach at, and then uh, built relationships with the fitness manager and, and just kind of kept showing up and showing my enthusiasm, like asking her, like, when can I audition for you? She's like, Oh, we only hire like really experienced people. I'm like, let me let, just take one of my classes. Like, let me show you what I got. And so I kind of wore her down. Um, and then she auditioned me within six months of me teaching, which is pretty, oh, wow. pretty early for, for them to hire someone that, um, new to teaching. And then she's like, no, I love your enthusiasm. Um, I love your ability to really program classes. And so I got hired pretty much on the spot. And then since then, it's been a couple of years now that I've been teaching. Um, and I absolutely love it. That is amazing. I love stories that are like this where people are just hired on the spot because they were so talented. Like that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> so congrats on that. But then somehow you also have a love for travel, which I feel like is hard for trainers because like you just said, you have Equinox, which seems like it was your dream position. So how can you be bouncing around all the time? So where did this love from travel come from? And then how are you able to balance that with your current position? Right. Yeah. So that actually started even earlier. So a fun fact I like to tell everyone is that my first steps ever as a baby was on an airplane. Wow. Um, I love that. (laughs) And I just kind of, unfortunately, um, I grew up traveling at a young age with my mom because um, she's Iranian and she would fly to Iran. These are very intense trips that she would take us. And she was a single mom. So she would just like scoop up her children and no big deal, just travel internationally with us. And so kind of seeing her with like travel with such ease, which is not an easy thing to do with two small kids, um, really made me fall in love with the journey with airports, with flying, just everything she would do to prepare. And, and so that just, really ultimately created that initial wanderlust of jumping around and she just traveled all over. And, um, once you catch the bug, it's hard to to stop. Oh yeah. Um, my, probably my like most expensive hobby and I've like broken up with guys over it. I like (laughs) hold for it. It's just the one thing that really feeds my soul. And I honestly think has, made me grown so much as a person compared to education compared to anything. It's really developed me as a person and, and uh, I'm really fortunate for that. I love that you said it can teach you more than school. Cause it's so true because if you think about it, everything in life is about connection or who you talk to or who you meet. And that's basically all that traveling is, is like you have to make connections, whether it's with the bus driver or someone at your hostel or the person next to you on the plane. Totally. And it really teaches you to feel empowered, you know, to ask for things, to look out for yourself, to um, really seek out things that are out of your comfort zone. And then you take that back with you to your day to day when you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to like take that workout class or I don't know if I want to go on this date with this person I don't know. But then you reflect back in a travel experience and you're like, well, I hiked this like mountain or right. I took this train and that with that have any English on it. And you, it's really cool to relate those experiences into your day to day and use that to kind of build your resiliency for, for your day to day life. So true. And what's interesting about your story is then you somehow combined your love of travel and fitness and made a website about it. Can you tell us about this website and how it was born? Yeah. So it's called travel like a trainer and very simple. You go to shoplikeatrainer.com. <laughs> and um, it was just kind of some born out of necessity and noticing a gap out there. You know, I saw there's a lot of travel wanderlust content out there, whether it's on Instagram or blogs online telling you where to go, what destinations. Uh, but all of them were kind of like not really telling me, okay, but how can I be healthy about it? At the same time, there's this other niche of like how to be healthy and, and how to cook really healthy meals and um, how to like what workouts to do at the gym. But I'm like, well, what about for people to go? What about for when you're on a trip and you don't have access to that? Like, what do you do then? And it was that that kind of niche intersection between travel and wellness that I personally wanted. And I knew that I had kind of dialed down from experience and I wanted to share that with others. You know, how do you improve or maintain your wellness if not maybe improve it while abroad when your routine is disrupted when you don't have that schedule to anchor you 
that's the true challenge and that's where I feel people really struggle with. Um, and so it's become my mission to help empower, inspire, um, and really enable people in whatever way I can to find that balance. I love that because that is the biggest thing I struggle with is I think I'm going to work out and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to eat, you know, fish and veggies and I'm going to find a gym in my place. And then it just goes completely out the window. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like most people have that issue too. So was there a particular moment for you when you were traveling that you, it like was like an an aha moment that you were just like, wow, this trip, I cannot find a way to be healthy. Or was it just in general, every time you traveled, you realized this isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I would say when the time when I felt most frustrated was when I was studying abroad in Spain. And I think the reason I was most frustrated is because I didn't have much control over the situation. I was in a homestay with a senora who cooked all my meals and she was a very grouchy woman who uh, was very difficult to deal with. And I was a broke college student. So it's not like I could afford to go to like the nice markets and buy healthy food for myself because like I didn't have that money. I wasn't working. So um, it was really hard. And I would like call my mom crying. I'm like, I'm hungry or there's nothing to eat. Or she would just put out like sugary cereal for me. And she's like, here you go. And it was, it was really awful. Like I I hated the way I felt. I gained weight. I was upset. Like I was away from home. Um, And that was really that moment for me where I was just like, I want to go home so badly. Like here I am, like having the time of my life studying abroad, but I felt right. crap. And um, it was that, and it's also those moments where it's like, you feel out of control. And I think that's the hardest part. So I think for me, it's really telling people, no, you can't be in control. You can't ask, don't be afraid to ask for things. Like it's your body, it's your health. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people really struggle with when they're abroad is like, oh, I don't want to offend anyone or, oh, I don't want to be difficult. Um, so it's really kind of saying like, be that person. It's okay. giving permission to really advocate for yourself um, because who else is going to advocate for you or your health? Right. That's so interesting that you said you studied abroad in Spain and that's when you gained the most weight. I also studied abroad in Valencia and gained so much weight that I remember one day we were like, let's go to the park and like play soccer and just have fun. We ran around for literally three minutes and I was so out of breath. It wasn't even fun. And we left and I was like, wait, we couldn't run around for three minutes just because I had been so inactive and eating so shitty and like whatever I wanted, which is funny because I feel like Europeans are still very healthy and active. It was almost the same situation though, where it's like, I'm broke. I'm going to go get the sandwich at the local market. I'm not going to go cook a fish in the middle of the day because it's too annoying. So it was very frustrating. And I remember getting back and being like, I have to fix this. So it's interesting that you not only fix it for yourself, you then made a website about it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. And that's the thing, right? It's also like eight, five years ago, it was so much harder. And, and that's kind of the nice thing about nowadays is that it's a lot easier now to ask for things without it being weird and to right. have different great like, menu options. And that's also been really nice is like with time, it's become a lot easier, but yeah, it really does suck because yeah, in Europe you think like, Oh, they're so healthy, but um, you really notice that like, if you're not really conscious, it does add up. Oh yeah. I think what's interesting too, is when people go to Europe or any vacation, we all of a sudden switch to this mindset of calories don't count. It doesn't matter. We're on vacation, which to a degree I agree with. Like if I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to go have an Italian pasta because that's what they're known for. I'm going to go have that, you know, dessert that that one restaurant is world renowned for, but at the same time it can go overboard. Is that the mindset that you had before creating your website or what did you actually realize no calories do count or whatever your mindset was like, what was it when you were traveling? So I think the shift that happened for me was, you know, yes, obviously I don't want anyone to feel deprived. And if you're in Italy, like eat the pasta, right. right. But, and, and the quality of the pasta there is obviously a lot better than over here. They're, they're, their ingredients are a lot fresher. So right. I would say a lot of people actually a lot less um, than it would in the States. So, what I would say is like kind of trying to reframe the way you think about it in in terms of like all or nothing or calories in calories out, just kind of approaching it as like, okay, is this going to fuel me the way that I 
want? Or is this, how am I going to feel after? What am I putting in my body? Because what kind of output do I want to get? And that's really been the shift for me. It's not thinking about food as calories or this is bad or labeling this is good. Right. But rather, like, what's going to give me the output that I want? Like, I want to feel energized on my vacation. I want to sleep well. I want to feel light. So I have all the energy to do all the activities I want to do. And shifting that mindset allowed me to make choices, not because it was bad or good, but rather this is going to give me the energy that I want. And that's been really helpful for me um, in kind of navigating, you know, that mentality. And I think that's been um, the most effective when I talk to other people too, like what works is taking that element of um, deprivation and placing, replacing it with, okay, I'm choosing the foods that are the best for my body. Right. What about the weird thing that happens when a lot of people go on vacation, like I just did. I went to Europe for 10 days. I thought I was going to be so healthy. Before I went, I was like, I'm going to get a fish and a, a you know side of veggies and drink water at every meal. And then when I got there, it completely went out the window. I was eating pasta, drinking bread, dessert. But then I ended up walking so much that I didn't gain a pound. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, well, then I can just do that on every vacation. So in your opinion, when should we indulge? And then when do we need to be more mindful about what's in our body? Because you know, the average person would be like, well, if I didn't gain a pound, I'm going to do that every single time I go on vacation. Right. Well, can I ask you, like, how did you feel coming back? Definitely lethargic. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, that's a good question. I remember being like, God, it's going to be so hard to get back to my trainer or cycling or anything. Like it's going to be a, an uphill battle. Yeah. And, and so the reason I asked that is because that's amazing that you didn't gain weight. And I would totally attribute that to a couple things, right? So we're walking, we probably don't in our active daily lives walk that much. You're probably right. walking like 10, 15, maybe 20,000 steps a day. That's pretty, pretty high compared to what, unless you're living in New York city or San Francisco, it's pretty high. So that level of low impact activity that you can sustain and do a lot, your body's going to respond really well to it because it's not right. So for sure, your body's like burning calories and boosting your metabolism. That's great. Um, but, and also you're probably sleeping really well or you're very relaxed. So when you're more relaxed on vacation, which is usually the case, um, that usually is that effect of, wow, I didn't gain that much weight, which also has happened to me. I'm like, you know, I'm not working out as much, but I didn't gain as much weight. It's that kind of reduced cortisol levels that allow your body to not hold on to weight, which normally in our daily day-to-day lives when we're so stressed out with work and everything, that's what happens. Um, so I'd say there's a, probably a couple factors of why you didn't gain weight. Um, but then I also try to approach it holistically. Okay, but that's great you didn't gain weight, but did, how did you feel? Like, did you feel right. hard? Did you feel energized? Was your sleep affected? So I like to get people thinking about like the whole picture to kind of help get into that intrinsic motivation for right. taking a certain lifestyle. But that being said, I don't want anyone to feel deprived. And if you right. want to build a little bit and kind of like when you ask, like, how do you balance that? Um, I like to pick one thing for the day. So if it's like, if you love like a nice cocktail, go for the cocktail. If you're more of a dessert person like me, like go for the dessert, but maybe don't have this like, well, I had a cocktail and I'm going to have dessert. And you know what? The whole day I'm just going to like indulge. I wouldn't think of it like that. Just pick like one thing um, and then truly enjoy it. And then the next meal, you'll just go back to normal. I love that tip. I feel like that's such a good tip because then you don't feel deprived. You're still enjoying yourself and it's a nice balance. What about when you're traveling? Can you walk us through what a healthy experience would look like? So everything from prepping for the flight, actually being at the airport, which we know doesn't always have the healthiest choices, getting on the flight, you know, where they give you like Cheez-Its and pretzels and then actually during the trip, like what are some tips throughout each of those phases? Yeah. So it depends on where I'm going, if I'm doing something international or within the U.S., uh, but kind of basic. So before the flight, what I like to do is I like to front load on as much healthy food as I can. So I'll eat like healthy salads, anything high in fiber, like broccoli, cauliflower, things that I don't think I'll have easy access to or cook my foods. Um, just kind of front load all the greens and veggies that I think I won't be able to have as much access to. Um, and then front load a lot of hydration right before. So I'll be drinking tons of water, herbal teas, things like that to really 
prep my digestion system and then I make sure that especially if it's a red eye flight have a solid night's sleep right before because ger- uh, there's so many germs on flights and so even losing one night of sleep really shuts down your immune system so I want to go into that flight with the most optimal health with all the all the antioxidants and, right. and energy boosts that I can um in terms of what I pack um, things that I will always go on a flight with are, um, I like to take green juice packets to put into my water just to like really get as much greens as I can. It's a nice energy boost without the caffeine that's dehydrating you. Um, okay, so quick time out. Where can we find those? What brand, where are you getting those? We need specifics. <laughs> so I have them linked actually on my website, um, oh. I have like a shop products page. Um, and they're really nifty. They're on Amazon. They're from Amazon Prime, so you can get them in two days. And um, there's just these great green juice packets um, that are organic and have um, all these like nutrients in them. So you just feel this like boost of energy. Um, and they're called Greens Smart Juice, Smart Pressed Ooh. Organic Greens. And um, you get like all your veggies for the day. Um, it's yeah it has like all these different nutrients so i'll pack a couple of those and they're these like great to go packets so i can just throw it in a purse or in my uh, carry-on and um they also have prebiotics enzymes probiotics so they help with bloating as well which is nice um no no added sugars um so i'll take those um i'll take two water bottles i'll take two stainless steel water bottles with me um one reason is I always lose stuff. So just in case I lose one, I have another. Um, and then two is I let, I'm that person who fills up two water bottles, um, before going on a flight because you want to drink about, I think it's like 12 ounces for every hour. And they give you these like tiny little six ounce cups. Um, and I want to like save plastic. So I always ask them to fill up my water bottle. So I, um, get more water than the average person on the flight as well. Um, and then I always carry a tennis ball with me. Um, and that acts as like a nice, um, myofascial release. So if I have any knots from flying in my upper back, or, um, if my glutes are tight, um, I'll just sit on one on the flight and like roll it out. Um, and that's like a great, um, travel hack that I always travel with. Wait, I'm obsessed with that because I literally the other day was just thinking, would it be weird if I started literally doing like a downward dog in the middle of the aisle because I was so tight? I was like leaning over in the aisle seat, bending, doing like an inverted triangle pose. And I was like, I am just so tight. Like I I'm five nine. So when I'm in any flight, I'm already tight because I'm, you know, so tall, my feet barely fit under the seats. And I was thinking like there has to be something that would just help like while you're traveling that wouldn't make you so tight. And so this tennis ball tip is so genius. I'm going to do this on my flight next week. I'm going to Australia. So that's going to be quite the test of uh, how long can I stay without sitting and and using um, these tennis balls to maybe help me not be so tight. Yeah. And honest, I'm five eight two, So I have that same problem. And it, it's fun because you, if you buy like a tennis ball, it comes like a set of three. So it could be a fun thing to like gift to your friend or give to your travel partner. Um, but yeah, like don't have any shame at all with like being that person who's doing yoga at the flight. Like my friend who's a flight attendant, um, she jokes around that like all the flight attendants call it galley yoga, who like people who go to the back galley to do yoga or stretches. And I just want to give everyone who's listening to this like permission to be that person. Like it oh, is wow, totally I'm doing that. <laughs> everyone does it, like stand up, do stretches. And that kind of feeds into like why I drink so much water on flights is so it forces you to get up. So I'm always booking aisle seats if I can pick a seat um, so that I'm like not disturbing anyone. And that gives me even more permission to like get up, stretch, shake out a leg, um, do arm swings, like anything to get blood flowing. That also helps with digestion too. That's a good tip too, because I always book window seats because I like to lean on it and sleep. But the flight I had to LA the other day, I went an aisle seat and I noticed I had more room to move and get up. And I was like, dang, I maybe should just be booking these aisle seats. (laughs) So that's a good tip. What about um, at the airport? There's not really healthy snacks. So are you ever going to the airport and um, not packing your snacks or maybe you just like didn't have enough time to prep? What are like three options that you would tell someone to choose from if they were traveling and they just were in such a hurry that they couldn't really pack healthy uh, snacks? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So um, I typically try not to eat on flights. So I try not to actually even get snacks. Um, 
because I found that fasting really helps reset my body to the new time zone. It, when you think about it, you're sitting down, right? So your body doesn't really have any need to digest anything. Um, right. and, it's, and it's really not helping anything. And your taste buds actually change in the air. Not a lot of, it, not a lot of people know this. Wow. Um, so you tend to not be able to even taste sweet things. You crave salty, crunchy things. That's why they give you peanuts. Um, and the thing is, is like, this is something that Anthony Bourdain actually said is that he doesn't like eat anything on flights because you, you realize that like people, air flight attendants, they uh, pass out snacks, just more of like a thing to do for people because they're bored or they're anxious. And when you think about it, like humans can go like days without eating. As long as you're drinking water, you'll, you're fine. Right. Um, if it's like an international flight that's like 12 hours, like obviously eat something, but you're fine, like not eating for like five hours. Um, so I would try to like eat something beforehand and then eat something once I land and just drink a ton of water. And I found that I'm not even that hungry because I'm not moving. Um, but if to answer your question, if I had to get three things, um, the first thing I would get is, um, something with probiotics. So I would try to find like a kombucha or, um, something like usually like a fermented tea or something um that is good on the digestion and giving me um, probiotics and it's hydrating as well because it's a liquid um if i'm absolutely starving i'll um, try to get some like uh, salted or unsalted nuts and really make sure that i read the label a lot of them add like peanut oils or hydrogenated polyunsaturated um fatty like oils uh, that's something that i really you really want to stay away with, away with um just because that causes a lot of inflammation in the gut um, and it's putting more damage than good of having the peanuts or the nuts in the first place. Uh, so really make sure you're getting either like raw or just plain roasted with sea salt um, nuts, uh, just because it's a good fat and protein source that's more satiating. Um, and then the third thing, I mean, it really depends on the airport. Some airports are really nice and um, like San Francisco, LA, New York, like the more metropolitan areas um, right like if you, i like to get like nut butter packs or um something with like protein um like even in, like hard-boiled eggs um with salt that's just like very satiating um and sometimes they don't so then um in that case like if you're really can't find anything i would just get dark chocolate like there's magnesium in it it's um like i understand there's like sugar in it obviously but um it's like better than getting like a full candy bar. Um, and most places do have like dark chocolate or eat that. You know, what's interesting too, is that airports obviously are starting to pick up on this health trend. And when I fly out a lot at the, out of the Orlando airport and I went to a kiosk and I was like, Oh great. It's going to be, you know, uh, fake yogurt and a sandwich. Like I, I whatever, I'm just gonna have to deal with it. And then they had all these new brands that I had seen at like whole foods, earth fair i was like wait are they am i like in the right place every the whole aisle was like healthy bites dried fruit i was like okay i think airports are starting to pick up that people do not want this garbage anymore they need actual real food so that's a nice trend that i think is going to start picking up all over the u.s totally yeah and and yeah i, I would start to see like fresh fruit like if you want to yes. get apple or an orange um, the citrus smell can kind of like wake you up a little bit, which is nice. Um, I would try to stay away from fruit juice just because that's pure sugar. Um, and if you do see a grain juice that doesn't have any added sugar, that's always great too. Um, if you have access to that, like pick that up too, um, as well. I like that. Okay. You went on a very life-changing trip. It seems like to South Korea that you talk about on your site. Can you talk about what this trip was like for you? The whole experience from beginning to end? Yeah, so um, I was actually working there for a month. Um, I was interning in the global marketing division of Hyundai Capital. So we all know Hyundai Cars. Um, they, they're headquartered in South Korea. And when I was in college, uh, I had this insane opportunity to intern for them at their um, finance corporation. And in South Korea, it's like a big deal to work for Hyundai, which I had no idea, like coming from America. It's like working at a Google or a Facebook, like you name drop Hyundai and everyone's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Um, right. so 
<laughs> so it was really cool. And um, it was really, it was really interesting experience because unlike studying abroad, like I was working like 40 hours a week um, in a foreign country with a completely different business culture. Um, and fortunately I had a cohort of like fellow, like American interns that I was working with, but then I was also working with Korean interns too. And so it was really cool to like go out with them and, and try Korean barbecue and they showed me around. Um, but it was, it was a really good test in finding balance while abroad, um, because you'd be working these crazy hours and then it was very high stress. And then, um, at night you like go and explore and fortunately not for the American interns, but for the Korean interns, they, there's this culture in, in Korea where it's like work hard, play hard. So they would go out with their bosses, like out partying till like one or two in the morning and they would get like wow. drunk and then come back and have to be back at work at like seven or eight a.m. Like no big deal. Um, so it was an intense culture, uh, culture shock, both oh my gosh. being abroad and working abroad. Um, but I absolutely loved it. And I learned you know, the importance of community. Um, it's a very team oriented. Like I would sometimes go out to eat alone for dinner. People would look at me weird. Whereas like, it's not a big deal here. It's very weird to like go out alone, um, and eat, eat alone. Um, right. and what I really loved about it is that for breakfast, they would have savory foods. They would never have like pancakes or waffles or anything sugary. It was like broth with soup, with veggies and meat, um, and I was like, that makes so much sense because it feels so much better when I have something savory to start my day instead of something sugary. Wow. That's so interesting. I can't even imagine having a hot soup to start my morning, but to your point, then you're not crashing at, you know, 1 PM, that afternoon slump that everyone talks about. Yeah. And that, it, it was that summer that I was like, cause they, um, I work, they offered breakfast if you came early enough. It was like, very advanced for their time um, to offer free food. Whereas like in San Francisco, it's like a common occurrence. Um, right. But so they had like an American side of like American breakfast foods and they had a Korean side. And so I'd always start with American. And then I was like, let me check out the Korean side. I'm here already. So then I started trying out the Korean foods and I noticed because they have kimchi, they have probiotics. I just felt so much better. Um, and like you just said, I didn't have that crash. And then now I can't even imagine having something soup for breakfast. I always have when I'm home, um, like something with like eggs and savory stuff. Um, I really try to limit starting my morning off with carbs um, just because I feel more full throughout the day. I love that tip because that's the hardest. It's so weird that, you think about we literally when Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms and all these things were part of our diet. It's a bowl of it's like a sugar bomb every single morning. Like who invented that? Yeah, <laughs> I grew up on like hot tarts and toasted strudel and like sugar. Oh, yeah. I grew up with um let what is it? Ego Legos, whatever Ego waffles and um chocolate Nesquik every single morning for I'm not kidding like two years. We were telling my mom we're like I'm surprised we all don't have like learning disorders <laughs> just because we had. <laughs> so much sugar every morning. It's insane. What about though, when we're traveling, you know, there's certain countries that it would be maybe offensive to micromanage your order. Um, for example, when I went to Denmark, I immediately started putting salt and pepper on my food before it even came out. And my friend was kind of like, you should take a bite first and then add the salt and pepper. It's just like a courtesy to the chef and whoever cooked to show like I tasted it and now I'm adding this. And I was like, Oh, I, that makes sense. Like it's their culture. So how do we know if it's offensive or not, or what resources can we look into when we think about, okay, if I'm going to go here, I want them to be able to make this a lettuce wrap or not have the bread or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and that actually happened to me when I was in Korea. So it's very offensive to say no um, to someone if they offer you something. Um, and that's also what I grew up with with Middle Eastern culture is you have like you eat what's in front of you otherwise it's very rude um and and that is obviously like very hard because you don't want to come across rude but also you don't want to eat something that is going to upset your stomach so I think it's a combination of you know being as polite as you can and like you know like maybe lie a little bit sometimes I'll be like yeah I'm like allergic to this when it's like I can tolerate it but it's just not the healthiest right. um, so I'll just say, I'm like, oh, this makes me sick um, if I'm, like, communicating it to whoever's cooking it or some, or the waiter. And then once you say that, no one can really negate it. Um, so that's a tip that I would have is just be very polite. Be like, hey, like, um, I just want to let you know that I can't eat this. Um, it makes me feel sick. Like, 
Um, what are different like modifications that I can make? Um, also, like just if you're in a foreign country, if you can um, like look up some words beforehand or use Google Translate, that's what I would do. Um, is I downloaded the Google Translate app, and it can not only um, like if you type in words, it'll translate for you, but you can literally take a photo of something and it'll scan it and then it'll tell you what's inside. So if you read a package and you're like, I don't know what's in this, or you're looking at a menu, you can you in real time figure out what's exactly in it. So you don't have to like waste the time of going back and forth asking. You can kind of just be like, oh, that's in that. Um, so that's a great tip that I have. Um, and then just like not being afraid to, to ask, ask and... and um, do it as politely as you can. And, um, you know, if all else, like have maybe a little bit, like have a courtesy bite. Um, and then just know that you can like eat something later or maybe eat something beforehand so that you're not starving and just inhaling everything. Um, and then regretting that later. Right. What are some basic principles that you follow when traveling? So for example, you say half the plate has to be veggies and then a small piece of meat on the side. You kind of alluded to this earlier with picking one indulgence, but in your way of traveling, how do you make sure that you're keeping healthy at every meal? Yeah. And I think that depends on where you are, right? So some places it's not safe to eat the veggies or some places it's not safe to eat um, the meat. So I think doing some research beforehand and trying to see, okay, Maybe in this place, it's like, okay to eat vegetables. So I'm going to like try to take advantage of the other places. It's better to go for like cooked meats only or cooked foods um, because like the water quality is that great. Um, so I try not to go into things with like, I try to approach things of like, which one is going to be the safest? Right. <laughs> not no food poisoning. <laughs> right. Because food poisoning, once that happens, you're out of commission. Um, and then kind of like designing it around that. Um, so my basic philosophy is instead of like veggies, this and that, or like calories, this is uh, try to go for something that gives you protein. Ideally, like it, depending if you're like vegan or vegetarian, um, that could be like hard boiled eggs. You know, I found that that's pretty, eggs are pretty easy to find in most places. Um, try to incorporate some sort of fiber. Um, if you could get cooked veggies, awesome. Um, avocados are also fiber. There's like fiber in other um avenues like fruit has fiber um and then grains of some sort and i bring green juice packets if i can't get access to fresh greens that are healthy um and then healthy fats so again avocados or nuts are a great source of fat so it's kind of thinking more of like the nutrients i want to hit so that i'm full so that my blood sugar levels are stabilized so i'm not reaching for like that quick sugar hit um, while also getting nutrients. So that's kind of how I approach it. But obviously when you're in like Vietnam and everything's rice based, like you're going to have to like bend and flex a little bit, um, right. try to ask for like veggies or ordering off like the side a la carte option menus. That is also how you can kind of design and build your own meals. Um, just so that you can get as much color, um, and nutrients in. That makes sense. And to your point about visiting certain places, like it just depends what is their like delicacy or what's their cuisine. So in your opinion, what's the healthiest place you've been? And then on the flip side, what are one of the places that you found it really hard to be healthy? Oh my God, that's such a good question. Um, so the healthiest place I've been was Bali. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. It's like basically um, like LA meets New York. It's just like very healthy, organic, gluten-free, all fresh. And we had salads and and went to all these cafes. And the best part was that it's like half the price that you would get at like California or New York. Um, so it was just so much fun. I went with my girlfriend and we we're eating at all these different like healthy cafes and having like all these like um, delicious foods. Um, so that was very easy to be healthy there. It was the hardest part was just kind of deciding where we wanted to eat because everything was like they had coconut milk or they had um, all these different like um, what is it? No added sugar, like desserts. Like we would just get like oh go and like try five different desserts. So it was it was hard to reel it in because we wanted to try all the good things. Um, in terms of the unhealthiest place I visited, I would say probably 
Italy, but this was eight years ago. And I know that it's changed a lot since then because a friend just got back from Italy and she's like, yeah, they have gluten-free pasta now and dairy-free gelato. Uh, But I remember back then there were no, it was also before I found out I was really lactose intolerant. So I would would be bloated and have like major constipation, but I didn't like connect why. I was like, oh, I'm just traveling. This happened. Um, But it was just because I was having pasta and carbs at every single meal and gelato between every single meal and not really asking for veggies. And I, I was 19 and I wasn't really empowered to, um, you know, ask the waiter, like, can we do it without dairy? Can we do this without this or asking for things? Um, so I think that just comes with age, I guess, and just kind of having that permission. But it was that was probably the hardest for me. It, but it was just at that time um, to eat healthy. Well, I'm glad to hear about Bali because I am doing yoga teacher training there at the end of August for a month. And I was so worried because the yoga teacher training, you have to become vegetarian for the the whole time you're there and I eat meat. And I was like, obviously it'll be a great detox, but I'm just worried about like, is the food even going to be good? And now hearing that from you, I'm excited. Oh yeah. It's so easy to be plant-based. I'm like, I could be vegan here very easily. Um, I love that. (laughs) I mean, and at least with vegetarian, you can have eggs if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I mean, eggs, know, rice, like there's yeah. st- beans, everything. Yeah. So, I mean, eggs are still like a great protein source and it's like a complete protein with all the essential amino acids. And I would use that as your main protein source um, just because it's, um, you know, it gives you the nutrients that you can't usually get. And there's things like B vitamins and um, ultra-tophane and things that you can't find in non-animal um, products. And um, iron is more bioavailable in eggs than spinach, for instance. So um, at least you're not, not making you go vegan and you have that option when you're like, I need meat uh, to have or protein to have eggs at your access. Oh, I hope so. Cause I'm like, that was starting to scare me. I'm like, what are we only going to eat fruits and veggies? And everyone's like, there's beans, there's rice, there's falafel. Like I'm sure you're going to be fine. So this is good news for me, but we've talked a lot about, food specifically, I want to switch to fitness a little bit because I think it's really hard to try and actually, you know, pack sneakers and workout clothes, especially if you think about just packing in general, staying within the weight limit and not overpacking. Now you don't want to add, you know, five workout outfits and your sneakers. So for you, what type of fitness are you doing or exercise when you're traveling? Yeah. So it depends on where I am. So if I'm going to Peru, for instance, I like did a Machu Picchu trek. So that one, I wasn't doing like hit workouts. I was trekking for like 10, 12 miles a day. Um, so, or when I was in Bali, we were doing a, like a lot more yoga and surfing. Um, so it really depends on the destination. It's also kind of fun to plan activities around what's available. So if you're in water, maybe you could do more swimming, um, canoeing, kayaking, like water activities. If you're in some more with great, great summits, then pack your hiking shoes and do big hikes. Um, and then if you're somewhere where it's more maybe um, city oriented, then you can like check out the fun workout classes um, and st- like boutique studios. Um, so I really let the destination kind of guide my activities. And then I also arm myself with, um, with kind of like, anywhere workouts. So I'll either save on Instagram or kind of like write out my own plans. Um, just because they like program classes for my students, um, what I want to do or like kind of emergency quick go to like, Hey, I have 15 minutes or 30 minutes here. So I don't even have to think about it when I'm there at the gym of like what to do. It's already written out for me. Um, so that's really helpful. And then in terms of packing to answer your other earlier question is I'll wear my sneakers on the flight. Um, so that'll take out space from like my baggage. And then um, I try to pack activewear that is sweat wicking and can double for multiple things. So I'll wear like a, I'll pack a cute sports bra that I can also wear as like a crop top if I'm in a very humid place, like in Bali. So the sport bra would act as both a top and a workout piece. Um, and same with lighting, something that's comfortable and quick dry that I can wear just walking around, but also work out in. So having multifunctional pieces that um, can be worn in different ways multiple times really help. That's a good tip with wearing your sneakers. Because also, 
I just packed for Australia and what was weighing the most were all my shoes. So I was like, I put a, I should have put all my shoes in my carry-on so that wasn't weighed and then left the, the other stuff in the actual checked bags and that would have freed up some space. So just wear them on the plane. What about um, equipment? Like, do you ever think, let me just bring my yoga mat or my jump rope or whatever it may be that you're using that you're like, I just love bringing this on trips just in case. So I actually don't bring equipment. The reason being is most yoga studios, they have mats that you could rent out for a couple bucks. Um, And then I lose things all the time. So I know I would lose my yoga mat. Um, I don't bring jump rope um, just because I actually don't like jump rope. And that's a personal preference. If someone really loves jump roping, that's great. Um, I really do enjoy walking. So I, I try to walk as much as I can. Um, and then there's like some cities that offer bike rentals. So there's an increasing amount of things that you could rent. Um, one thing I will bring with myself is, a like an exercise resistance loop band and that you can literally fold up and like put in your pocket. It's so tiny. Um, and it's just like a nice resistance. So if I want to do any banded workouts, if I'm doing bridge lifts or if I'm doing squats, um, you can really use it like full body. Um, and it adds a little bit of more resistance when you're doing full body workouts. So you feel a little bit of a burn faster making your workouts more effective. That's a, that's a good idea. Just something that is something that you like that you're not like, Oh, I have to lug this around or can you rent it? Because that's true too. I was trying to pack my yoga mat and I was like, wait, I can probably rent it or just buy one in Australia. Like I don't need to be bringing this with me everywhere. Um, what about a piece of advice around health and fitness that you've learned about while traveling from a local? Oh, um, I would probably say I picked this up in Vietnam and this is just from like noticing older women in the parks when I go for walks in the morning is just integrating movement all throughout the day. You know, a workout, I feel like in, in American culture, it's like, okay, I go to the gym for this one hour and that's it. I'm done for the day. And the way they think about it is no, it's part of your life. It's from like in the morning when you do your morning stretches to a social activity, when you're walking with your friends to uh, like squatting and stretching and, and kind of integrating that non-exercise activity throughout the day really adds up. And there's this concept called trigger sessions that uh, I got from one of my favorite podcasts. And they're talking about how they noticed, you know, there's a greater gain in muscle in um, just overall physical fitness by breaking out your workouts to like 10 minutes, three times a day, as opposed to just doing a 30 minute workout once a day. Oh, that's true. It's that repeated um, response that your body really, the repeated um, action that your body responds really well to. So doing like squats in the morning and evening, for instance, is going to give you a lot better results as opposed to just working out once a day. And it's not like a huge workout, but just like little movements. So that's something that I picked up is I would see Vietnamese women just like stretching and like swaying their arms and really integrating movement and seeing them do that at old age was really inspiring to me and that it, it doesn't stop at a certain age. You know, once you retire, you don't stop moving altogether. It's really a whole lifestyle. I love that. What about a fitness retreat? Have you ever done one of those? Because I'm doing that yoga teacher training, but it's actually teacher training. It's not a retreat per se. So have you been on one and what was it like? Yeah. So I've been to yoga retreats. Um, I went to one in Tulum a couple years back. Um, I, what else? I've been to a couple, yeah, I've been to a couple yoga retreats, but I've never been to like a fitness retreat that had something more focused on resistance training or strength training. Um, personally, I'd love to like leave my own someday. Um, but that kind of fueled my website in terms of, I wanted to see what the locals were doing. So when I was in Thailand, I tried Muay Thai boxing. Um, cause I, and I went with like all guys, um, to kind of see what different cultures do to stay fit or be well. Um, and so that's a fun way to explore a country is kind of seeing what the locals do, um, or the expats even. And then from there, I make a little community. I meet friends, and they give me great recommendations on where to go after that. So that's been um, a great tip that I've uh, acquired just accidentally. I love that. We're going to end with a this or that type of game where I'm going to give you 
airport foods or common unhealthy things that we think are healthy to get your opinion on which one we should go for because those are the only options. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. We're going to start with turkey sandwich or a bagel. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I definitely can't do a bagel because I'm gluten-free. Um, I would do the turkey sandwich, but take off the bread and just wrap the turkey in the lettuce and pray that there's no dairy in it. <laughs> or like okay. peel off. <laughs> oh, that's so hard because those grabbing those are are usually pretty stacked with a lot of different, I don't even know what's in them half the time. I'm just like, you know what? I need a sandwich. Looks good. What about Froyo or a smoothie? Uh, I mean, I can't do dairy, so <laughs> it would have to be the smoothie. Um, yeah. And pray that there's no dairy in it. <laughs> so just no dairy for you specifically, because aren't, don't you think sometimes smoothies in airports, are made with too much sugar or is that a myth? It depends. So it really, it really depends on the smoothie contents. I'd have to like look at it. Um, I get same with Froyo too. They add a lot of sugar to it. So I guess if I didn't have a dairy tolerance, I would go for whichever one had less added sugar in it. Okay. So just look for less added sugar. What about a dark chocolate bar or M&Ms? Dark chocolate bar. Okay. And you talked about that earlier because you said it has magnesium in it. Is that the reason? Magnesium, iron, um, and those are nutrients that really contribute to um, cravings. So um, especially for women, it's good to have, make sure you have like magnesium levels, uh, especially if you're active. You want to make sure that those are um, at optimal levels. So chocolate is a fast, easy, delicious way <laughs> to get magnesium and iron. Perfect. And last one, what about fruit juice or a Coca-Cola? Oh, fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> Figured that one was easy, but then I was like, I don't know. You never know with all these sugars and fake stuff in it. It's not even fruit juice anymore. So you never know. Yeah, you never know. But if, yeah, if it's against Coca-Cola, absolutely fruit juice. <laughs> okay. So go with the fruit juice. It seems like the gist of everything is just look at the ingredients and the labels and it probably is what's less junk in it. Is that correct? Okay. And don't be afraid what you're, I like what you kept saying about, don't be afraid to ask. And you give yourself that permission to be like, you know what, where is this coming from? Because I'm putting it in my body. Exactly. And also at the same time, like, don't be afraid of like skipping a meal. Like if you're traveling, you're probably not doing insane hit workouts that day. Um, so don't be afraid. And that's what intermittent fasting has taught me is to not be afraid to be a little hungry. We have this preconceived notion that, Oh no, I'm going to be hungry. This is bad. It's just, why don't you sit with the hunger a little bit? Like that means your body is really burning calories right now. It's utilizing the glucose, the fat in your body for energy and know that you're eventually going to eat and just hydrate. And, and that's kind of been a nice mindset that I've adopted is that it's okay to be hungry and giving yourself that permission and knowing that like you're going to eat eventually. Um, And you don't have to necessarily keep feeding yourself every couple hours. Love that. Everyone, she has amazing travel tips like the intermittent fasting, what to do if your place doesn't have a gym. You have so many valuable topics on your website. Can you tell people where to actually go and follow you? Totally. Yeah. So the website is travellikeatrainer.com. So there'll be like two L's with the travel like. And then um, I'm also on Instagram. So it's just my personal name. It's at Michelle with two L's. Razavi is spelled R-A, Z is in zebra, A, V is in Victor, I. Um, so come say hi. If you have any questions, um, that's a great way to get in contact with me um, or through my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. These are amazing tips as I have a 14-hour flight to Australia. So I hope I can incorporate <laughs> some of these. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. Safe travels. Thank you. All right, guys. I don't know about you, but I could have definitely used a lot of that advice on my past several vacations. Again, for some reason, every time I travel, I always say I'm going to keep it in check or try to do my best, and then I completely go off the rails. So I love Michelle's insight into not restricting yourself, making sure you're staying active, just little adjustments we can make. 
airport food that's such a big one like you don't realize how bad and shitty the food is and overpriced by the way um and in fact there's actually better options there so i love that we played a little game that you guys could understand maybe here's another option that i could do i don't have to eat like shit every single time i go to an airport or travel you can follow Michelle at Michelle Razavi. It's R-A-Z-A-V-I. I'll link that in the show notes and visit her blog, travellikeatrainer.com. Like I said, it is jam-packed with resourceful info. So much value, so much insight. We can all learn a thing or two to travel better, eat better, just live a better, healthier lifestyle. And make sure you follow me at Chelsea Rife. You can write into the podcast, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. And uh, just make sure you follow along because I'm going to be posting quite a bit about this yoga training because I don't know if I'll be alive after not being able to eat meat for four weeks. So stay tuned for that and tune in next Thursday. We'll see you next week.